0: You know, the reality is it still is a tight labor market. It's going to be a tight labor market for, for at least in my view, for the next decade. We're mm-hmm. still going to, at least in my view, we're always going to have more job openings than people who are actively looking for work. And so that means that we have to think differently about the way we hire, the, the way we, we were often not just competing with manufacturers, other manufacturers, but also competing with other sectors in ways that I don't think we did before, right, in a service Correct. sector.
1: Welcome to Shift Talk, where we talk about the workforce challenges and trends that manufacturers and those in the supply chain industry are facing every day. I'm your host, Adam Raymond, and in each episode, we'll bring you fun and in-depth conversations with industry experts and thought leaders who are on the front lines of frontline work. All right, thanks for joining me. I've got Chad Moutre, who is the Chief Economist of the National Association of Manufacturers and the Director for the Center of Manufacturing Research as a Manufacturing Institute. Did I get that right? You did, yeah, great. Uh, always happy to be on your show. What are you seeing so far that gives you a sense of you know, what businesses, specifically manufacturers, are gonna be facing this year? So I'll give a spoiler alert, Adam, which is that I have long been in the soft landing camp. And you know the reality
0: of manufacturing is pretty challenged. We've, we've been challenged really for the last year if you're looking at the Institute for Supply Management Purchasing Managers Index, it's been sub-50 really for at mm-hmm. least the last 12, 13 months. Uh, and you continue to see weakness, particularly in demand globally, right? So we're seeing a lot of weakness in, in, in China and Asia, you're seeing a lot of weakness in Europe, right? Uh, and there there you get a sense from talking to manufacturers that there's still a lot of uncertainty out there, right? Although, to be fair, I think I've talked about the word uncertainty for 13 years in this role. But this is definitely an uncertain year, right? Now with that said though, even amongst a lot of the challenges that we are facing, there's also a lot of resilience, right? Mm -hmm. Manufacturing employment really didn't budge all that much all year. It's been Mm -hmm. kind of hovered just below 13 million, which actually 13 million is the best we've seen since since November, 2008, right? So you've seen, we really kind of, the, the growth that we've had over the last two years has really largely been sustained. Right. And so you've been, you've seen this resilience out there in terms of both production as well as employment production is down, but it's only down 1.7% over the last year and a half. Right. One thing I hear from some of our member companies is that if you're going to see a decline in activity, at least you're falling from a a really strong base. Right. And so that, that kind of plays into some of the mixed messages that we have out there. The other kind of storyline that really gives you a lot of hope for the future is that manufacturing construction is up a whopping 60% year over year, right? And that's going to lead to a lot more production and employment moving forward, right? And so it's hard not to be bullish about manufacturing despite a really challenging environment. And i get back to my soft landing comment earlier. I think the consumer has really kept the economy afloat up to this point, right? They've seen a lot of resilience there, Um, even while uh, consumers don't like maybe the prices that they're seeing or, or... They might be anxious about the economy. They're still going out and spending.
1: Yeah. I was going to ask you that. So they had gone from a steady level of orders to a massive spike, and then that dropped off as interest rates climbed. Have you seen manufacturers struggle with, you know, I've seen a lot about just in time supply chains and just in time manufacturing. I think inventories have
0: certainly taken a, a beating here during that process. It, it, there was that massive ramp up when everyone was stuck at their houses and really could only buy goods. You have seen a shift from goods to services. So a lot of the activity that you've seen in terms of the out, uh, economic input numbers is, is a lot of service sector spending. The other aspect of that, obviously we had a, tr- some pretty tremendous supply chain disruptions over the last couple of years. So you, you do hear from some, especially the smaller members, that they're keeping around a little bit of extra inventory as a buffer, perhaps more than they would have otherwise, just because they don't want to have to shut down production again. The third thing I'll say on the inventory side is that we've seen inventories be pretty depleted at this point, right? So yes, there's probably that buffer, but you've seen declines in inventories really over the last, certainly the last few quarters that I've been surveying it. That has a bit of a, of a double-edged sword though, because you have to declining inventory. But if demand were to pick up, that certainly means that you're going to have to see some pretty deep increases in production to be able to meet that demand. And so that gives you a little bit of hope, perhaps that if you see a bit of a shift in demand, that the production will certainly have to follow pretty rapidly.
1: I also noticed in a post you made on LinkedIn about a week ago, where you had posted the uh, manufacturing job opening hires and separations.
0: You know, we, there are, you know, we've seen overall job openings slow over the last year or so, right? If you go back to April of 2022, there was more than a million job openings in manufacturing. That's fallen to basically to to 547,000 job openings right now, but that's still above pre-pandemic levels, right? So you are seeing some signs of cooling in the labor market, which is very welcome for anyone who's trying to hire people. We've also seen the overall churn rate slow down, right? If you go back a year, Everywhere I went, people complained about retention issues, right? That if people were leaving them to go across the street and get 50 cents or a dollar more an hour, right? But yeah. the bottom line of all of that though, is that despite all that cooling, we still have more job openings than people who are actively looking for work. And so that, you know, it's still a tight labor market, this would still be number one issue But when we go out and ask members about
1: what problems they're having. And that's a large part of it. This aligns fairly closely where. You know, we're seeing anywhere from 120% turnover to a large manufacturer that's experiencing over 200% turnover, typically because of attendance policies. They point out not as much, to your point, that they left because they can make Mm -hmm. 50 cents more across the street. It really does seem to be pressure based on the schedule that they're asking workers to still maintain you know the reality is it still is a tight labor market it's going to be a tight labor
0: market for for at least in my view for the next decade we're Mm -hmm. still gonna at least in my view we're always going to have more job openings than people who are actively looking for work and so that means that we have to think differently about the way we hire the, the way we we were often not just competing with manufacturers, other manufacturers, but also competing with other sectors in ways that I don't think we did before, right, in the service Correct. sector, especially. I think the other big challenge that manufacturers have long had, something we've looked at on the Institute side, is perception. Like they might have these antiquated views of what a manufacturing job is. I've actually right. even talked to people who worked in manufacturing who didn't think of themselves as being manufacturing employees. Right? And I think part of that storyline right. is one where we've got to continue to change those perceptions, right? It's much more advanced, Mm -hmm. much more use of technology. And I think when people see how cool manufacturing has become, that hopefully that can change minds. And we've, we've tried working on that on the Institute side with our Creators Wanted initiative or Manufacturing Day. I think the key part to that competition story is that we have to think differently. We aren't flipping burgers, right? Yeah, this is the pathway to a high paying successful career where you can make a difference. You can make things. I heard that from a lot of manufacturers. You get to use your hands. You get to make the world a better place, right? And so, telling that story, I think, is one that can be cool for a lot of folks. And then, I think you know, the the other big storyline that's out there right now is this issue of flexibility mm-hmm. that post-pandemic, um, in the labor market, people are looking for jobs where there are hybrid options or there work from home option, and and that's not always an option, quite frankly, on the shop floor, it's not usually an option on the shop floor, right? Right. Uh, so, you know, manufacturers are really trying to look at this issue of flexibility and seeing what they can do because they recognize that they're competing for talent in a world where people are looking for hybrid, right? Or for work from work for home. And so they're finding ways that on the shop floor, you can help set your own schedule or have some flexibility there in terms of you got to go pick up the kids or whatever. You can find some, some flexibility for those types of options. You're seeing a lot of, of folks
1: who are working lo- maybe longer hours, maybe 10-hour shift, but only four days a week. As you said, they can't offer a machine operator the ability to be in a hybrid <laughs> work environment. And it was interesting, the flexibility white paper that the Manufacturing Institute created last year, I would tell anybody that listening or watching to this to go look that up on the Manufacturing Institute's website. There's a stat in there that says 42% of manufacturing employees stated as more important than pay. 50% cited it as the reason they would stay with their employer. And 63% said they would look for flexibility in their next role if they're to leave their current company. Especially for working women, we're seeing that as a massive hurdle that they have to overcome is childcare to yeah. be able to work, you know, full-time hours and, and be able to be available for every shift.
0: Yeah. We, we continue to hear about childcare and elder care really being an issue for parents kind of writ large. You can look at the manufacturing Institute website over the next few months, because we're gonna be doing a number of case studies on the, that childcare yeah. issue that you, that might be helpful. As it relates to the actual flexibility of white paper. That was really a working group, right? We had one company who hired, who hired a consultant, right? To come in and give them some suggestions in Mm -hmm. terms of what are some flexibility options that we can endorse and kind of embrace moving forward. And I think that has really worked out for them, right? So hearing those types of examples, I think were very helpful. There was another, manufacturer in Ohio who just coincidentally happened to be located across from a school and he told us that uh, every day he saw, you know, parents dropping off their kids and then, you know, in the morning and then coming back in the, in the afternoon and getting them again. And he's like, why don't we create a shift that we can capture some of those workers, but basically allowed them to drop off the kids, come in and do kind of a part-time shift and then, and then leave to, in time to go to get their kids again. And so that worked for him. It doesn't work
1: for everybody, but, uh, I think where companies can embrace flexibility. They are looking like it's going to be very similar to 23. I'd like to hear your thoughts on what you think the rest of 24 is going to look like. I think we'll
0: start off by saying the fed is likely going to cut rates in March do two or three cuts this year. Um, in my view, that's largely because you're seeing some moderation in inflation. Are you showing me that rate of growth flow, which uh, again is welcome. So that's, I think mm-hmm. the Fed's not going to go whole long into lowering rates until they can really see some of that stickiness kind of fall away. But I, I do see them getting closer to the feds target. I don't think they'll get to two, but they'll get closer to the target, at least move in that right direction by the end of the year. And I think that will help give them some leeway really to kind of take their foot off the gas pedal starting in March and start bringing rates down over the next few years to some semblance of normal things. Right. Um, <laughs> We're not going to um, see 2.8% mortgages this we year. we will not. You know? Right. Um, I mean, and, and you, <laughs> but you are speaking the mortgages, you're still going to see affordability being an issue, right? Um,
1: Did
0: it? Uh, the housing market is kind of a mess in terms mm-hmm. of, especially the existing home market, uh, there's very little incentive for people to sell their homes and take a mortgage rate that's double what they had locked in. Um, so that's going to keep inventories low and prices much more elevated than I think we might prefer. You still have a lot of worry people talking ourselves into a recession, right? It's still, it's still a pretty big challenge and you are clearly seeing the consumer slow down a little bit in terms of some of their spending. And so the extent to which that resilience was really coming from the consumer. It's certainly something for us to watch over the next few, next few months. I personally think we're going to stay positive, right. And start coming out of it by the, by the end of the year. And so I have, it's growing around one and a half percent or so this year. So that's my glass half full. I'm going to hold you to that. I
1: really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today. Thanks Adam for the compliments and thanks for promoting those studies. So I appreciate it. Yeah. Happy to.